Hello and welcome to the Nourished Chat. I'm Bonnie, registered dietitian and founder of the Nourished Path Personal Online Nutrition Coaching. I'm here to give you all of my best tips and tricks to live a more nourished life without giving up all your favorite foods or spending all of your time cooking. Fine. <laughs> well, hello, hello. I am here with Jody. She is an Orange Theory coach and has been since 2015. And she is also certified by the United Endurance Sports Coaching Academy and the USA Cycling Academy. I'm not quite sure if that's an academy, but she is an endurance athlete and uh, and professional, and she has a lot of great uh, thoughts on that. So welcome, welcome. Glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm very excited. So we are going to talk a bit about nutrition and endurance sports. And my personal thoughts on this is to lean more towards hiking, because that's going to be pretty big for us here in Washington soon. We still have a pretty good snowpack actually in the mountains. And even though it's the end of May, beginning of June, as we're recording this, we will have snowpack through the end of June. So not too much hiking until after that. But it can be difficult when you're not used to doing endurance activity and then you tell your body to go on a 10 mile hike. Uh, so we're going to talk a bit about that as well as probably a bit about orange theory and other endurance sports like running and cycling. So what's your, what's your thoughts initially when it comes to someone who's not used to, maybe they do orange theory three or four times a week and they want to be able to be ready at the drop of a hat where someone says, Hey, I want to go for our, this hike up to Lake Serene, which is a pretty intense hike around here that a lot of people do every summer. What, what, what advice would you give to that person to be able to be ready for that? Wow. Well, number one, it's crazy that y'all still have snow because it's 90 degrees. We um, don't have snow here. It's at the oh, mountains in the mountains. Oh, with the, So when you go for a hike that goes up, there's still snow up there down here. No, there's no snow. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, let me rein in my imagination. Uh, okay. So if people are typically doing two to three orange theory workouts a week, your physical capabilities, I mean, you are, you are ready to go on a hike, but the lot, the thing I'd caution you on is you're not going to be able to jump out the door and that hike is going to feel the exact same way as it did last year is it's going to be probably the first time in a long time that you've done that, you know, six to 10 mile hike. And so you kind of have to define how long it's going to take you and the intensity that you're going to do it with. Like you can't jump out there and just think, Oh, it's no big deal. Don't, don't underestimate that. So just mentally preparing because I think the physical capabilities, like you're, you're already doing Orange Theory two or three times a week. And we all know those Orange Theory classes are no joke. Do you find that, do you think it, it would be worth maybe taking one of those classes or adding a power walking class at a, a more, for more incline work? Do you think that would be helpful? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That would be helpful. Um, and then it would go back to, well, how many how many days a week are you physically active? Because if you're only doing two 
or three days a week, then yes, power walking one of those days would be fine. But if you're already getting outside and doing, you know, walking the dog for three miles up to two hours at a time, then I'd say that's kind of part of your conditioning too. So at least getting maybe one higher intensity workout at Orange Theory where you're you're really knocking it out of the park, which you can still do that power walking, but at least once a week that you're really pushing outside your limit mm-hmm. where it does it doesn't feel as, you know, calm, cool, and collected. Yeah, yeah. So really, I mean, if you can do a a thirty a twenty five minute treadmill block, you can repeat that over and over basically to get a, a long hike. And maybe yeah. maybe it sounds like doing your normal orange through workout and then doing an hour of speed walking or something where you're getting a bit more of that, that endurance. Cause I think that's the only problem with orange theory, right? Is you, that class, the class is over and you're not allowed to stay and do extra work. <laughs> There's, there is no 55 minute class that's gonna replicate a 10 mile hike up a mountain. There's right. things that can prepare you in 55 minutes, but nothing's going to replicate that time of 10 hours. Um, but like I said, you gotta you gotta be prepared too, especially in the world of endurance running. If I know I'm gonna go out for a 20 mile run, I know I'm gonna be outside for at least three and a half, four hours. So I'm gonna need more than a water bottle to do that. <laughs> right. And I think the the good and bad thing about a hike is you can actually bring quite a lot of food. Or if you're biking, I feel like running, you're pretty minimal at things because it bounce too much. But some people pick not quite the best foods when they go for those things, something that's going to really sit in their stomach. So my recommendation from the nutrition side of things is to pick something that's going to digest fairly quickly if you're having it during the intense portion of your activity. So if you're going to, like a lot of people will go to the trailhead and they'll eat in the car on the way to the trailhead, you don't want something that's too heavy because you're going to feel sluggish going up. So I recommend something small and then maybe having another something small halfway up and something that digests fairly quickly. So I don't recommend too much fiber because it's going to be hard to process. So you don't want to go with the, those protein bars, they got 18 grams of fiber in them. That's a bad, that's not a good thing. Don't take those with you. Get one of the ones that don't have too much fiber in them. Yeah. If you're wanting to do a bar, there's nothing wrong with a bar. Just make sure, yeah. look at the back, make sure it's not 18 grams of fiber in it. You want at most three. Fan <laughs> of the more natural things to pack on a hike or before a workout, or are you more simplistic of, hey, I just want to run to the store and grab something? Or do you I think actually- it depends on the person. I know a lot of people aren't that prepared to go with, uh, with all these fancy foods. I think a protein shake and a, and a banana is great. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's pretty quick. Liquids digest quickly. The nice thing about a protein shake is it's already mostly done for you. Your body doesn't have to do a lot. Now, I don't think that you, you, can, you can do a lot of different things, but that's an easy one. That's going to be easy for your body to process. It's not going to slow you down. You could also have that in stages on your hike. You could have half the shake, 
kind of take a break an hour, a couple hours in, drink the other half, you know, bananas do not travel well. So do not try and put that in your backpack. But other things like dried apricots or any other dried fruit, applesauce, those are yeah. all the little pouches. Those are great. And you could even just sip it while you're, while you're moving. And same mm-hmm. thing, even if you're running, now protein shake might be a little sloshy while you're <laughs> running, but if you have... Yeah. Uh, a circuit. I know some people will leave a water bottle or something and they'll come back and they'll circle back around to it so they don't have to carry it. You could do a similar thing with yeah. with a protein shake and a, a baggie of dried fruit and hope that the neighbor dog doesn't get it or something. But <laughs> and even so the people that are hiking and doing, you know, lots of mileage on a hike or I'd say anything over Anything over two hours, depending on the person, is if you plan on carrying a pack, get familiar with that pack. Like, go walk mm-hmm. your dog that pack. Kind of kind of like preparation before the big day. Like, find, find the right clothes, find the right shoes, and, you know, practice that fueling, too, of whatever food you want to take with you. Like, make sure that protein bar or whatever else you want to use, make sure that sits well with you. Don't mm-hmm. find out two hours in. <laughs> Do not try out new food that no. day, especially if it's a big uh, event. And something we learned uh, when I took a sports nutrition class in school, in RD school, was if there, if you're going to be running an official race and the beverage of the race is Gatorade, you train with Gatorade, even if you don't like Gatorade. The last few weeks, especially, you have to, if, if you're going to drink the Gatorade and your marathon, you don't want the first time for you to have tried that Gatorade to be the day of the marathon. It's going to be a disaster. So yeah. unless you plan to bring your own stuff, use what they've got. So if you're going on a hike, like I said, don't try a new protein, like don't try a new protein bar that morning. No. Try it before a different, like an orange theory class sometimes. See how it sits with you. Yeah. That that is the beauty of that Orange Theory class. That fifty five minutes, you learn a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you sweat a lot in a class, you're going to sweat a lot on a hike, even if you don't see it because it might be a little slower, and you've got the air is going to be helping it evaporate a lot faster. And you're going to need some electrolytes, so oh, take yeah. them with you. And something I've noticed about a lot of electrolyte supplements is they have magnesium and potassium, but they often don't have a lot of sodium. Mm-hmm. So bring some salt with you in yeah. whatever fashion that looks like. And I don't recommend jerky because again, very dense in the stomach. There's a lot of other salty foods, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that one in particular. And that's a really popular one for hiking. And I think if you're stopping when you're at the top and you're stopped for like an hour and a half, that's when you can have the jerky. That's when you can have, I like to bring a tuna salad or a chicken salad with crackers okay. and apple, but I wouldn't do that before I started because I would feel way too heavy. Yeah. It'd be too much. Well, and funny story before I was uh, training for my marathon, I went out for like an 18 mile run and it, that takes me a long time. So I, I stopped in at one of our Orange Theory studios and I just wanted to eat something. And I have an iron stomach and I can eat anything, anytime. I'm fine. And that's what it was. Beef jerky and half of a biscuit. 
And I was like, oh, it's fine. I got protein. I got carbs. I'm good to go. I think this was like three hours into the run and I only had like six more miles. And the beef jerky and the biscuit were fine, but I did not realize how dry mouth I would become. Mm -hmm. And I only had about four ounces of water left in my bottle. So that was something to think about. Uh, As much of like the salt tasted so good, I didn't realize how much water I needed on the backside of Mm -hmm. that uh, to get that thirst. Yeah. And it's all about that balance. And you can have jerky, just don't have too much of it. Yes. Right. Yeah. So if you're having like you've got to get the, one of those big, you know, Jack Slinks thing of jerky, like just don't eat all that. Like have one serving and that's fine. Same thing. Like I was talking about a tuna salad and I actually realized think listening to you and I was like, oh, tuna salad would be fine. But I have a lot, <laughs> a big thing. So if you're going to have it before, just have a little bit. And I would say the more important thing at the beginning of your hike is the hydration piece and electrolytes mm-hmm. and I wouldn't worry so much about the protein. If you're like, I hate protein shakes. I don't want that. That's fine. If you want something, I would just have a little something before and make sure you're really amply fueling at some point uh, with, Mm. with more protein. And maybe you're having some simpler like fruit and things that are easy to process. It just depends on your body or just have them in little bits. Every time you stop for water, you have a piece of jerky and you have them Mm -hmm. together. And I maybe you can speak more on this more than me. I feel like if I have a big event coming up that I'm going to be on my feet for multiple hours moving my body, my hydration plan is starting 48 hours before before the actual thing starts. Like I I want to make sure I'm taking in my electrolytes and my fluids 48 hours before I'm doing that hike. Yeah, you don't want to go especially if you're a big splatter. You know, yeah. you don't want to go into it already depleted. Mm-hmm. So I think it depends on the person and the personality and the weather. So today it is 65 degrees here in Washington. I'm not planning to work out today. So if I had a hike tomorrow, I wouldn't be too worried about me becoming electrolyte diminished today. But if mm-hmm. I lived in Texas and it was 90 and I was going to an Orange Theory workout, then yes, I need to make sure that I'm probably getting two electrolyte replenishments that day to make sure that the next day I'm not starting behind the eight ball on on my electrolytes. And same thing with with nutrition, having actually a big meal the night before you go for the hike. That's when you want to have that big dense meal because you're still going to be processing it the next day and your body's going to be full of nutrients. So maybe you're getting up at 7 a.m. to go for or 6 a.m. to go for a long hike. You make sure that dinner the day before you have tons of whole grains, you've got protein, you've got vegetables, you have maybe some fruit for dessert, it's going to take your body a while to process all that. It's still going to be working on it the next morning and you'll have kind of that head start without, but it'll be far enough along that it's not going to be making you nauseous or anything. Yeah. It's already in your system and it's fuel to burn. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they recommend actually for those endurance events as well is we used to think that you wouldn't want any fat. And now they're, they're, they're thinking you want, if, if you're having an endurance event, you want some fat because your body is going to pull that over the next few hours. So that's why those energy balls, you know, where they have the oats and the peanut butter and honey and usually like some chocolate chips or raisins, those are pretty yep. good, but you only want one. And then maybe bring one or two with you. And I recommend adding 
either some protein powder, collagen powder, or powdered peanut butter to those to get a bit of protein because as they are, they don't really have any. People think peanut butter has tons of protein in it. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, not a, not a good source of protein. <laughs> no. So I just recommend adding a scoop of, of, you know, some kind of protein supplement to that. And it ends up giving a lot of flavor as well. So it works out really well. And with, you know, no one in Texas really hikes for uh, 10 miles at a time because it's nowhere to hike and it's so hot. But yeah. if for your clients and the people that you're by, what do you put as kind of a, a hiking plan? If you say that hike takes you six hours, like, are you dividing up that six hours of every 45 minutes? Because I know with running, the intensity is going to be much higher, but as a hike, that is probably a slower intensity. Right. Do you, do you recommend fueling at a certain time frame? I think or? it depends on how long you're going for, but I would recommend having something before you go, either before you leave your house or right after you leave your house in the car. Cause I know lots of people are like, I already have the car packed. It's literally put all my stuff, get in the car and we're going so we can get there first. So have your food in the car ready to go. Okay. So you get in the car in the morning and there it is. And if you're going, if you're going to be hiking for more than uh, four hours, which most of these are, I would stop midway to the top and have something and then have something substantial when you get there. And mm -hmm. a lot of these hikes will have like a midway scenic viewpoint. So st I, don't, I don't feel like you need to be as granular about exactly 45 minutes in or exactly two hours in, but I would say oh, at some point, an hour and a half in, I'd start looking for a spot that would be comfortable that you could sit for 20 minutes and really kind of take in the beauty that you're in because you're far enough in that it's beautiful. And I don't, yeah, and, and running, so running wise, you tell people about every 45 minutes to have something. Yeah, depending on the goals and their intensity, typically a 60 minute workout, whether it's speed work or endurance work, maybe just a regular base run. I don't advise for anyone to carry any extra nutrition on them if it's under 60 minutes. Once we get to that mm -hmm. 75 minutes, depending on intensity, then I, I start telling people like, hey, you need to carry something on you, whether you take it or not. You need to carry something on you because just depending on the weather, also, you never know who you might come across on a running path and you can help someone out because mm -hmm. it's happened plenty of times where I've, I've had a gel on me and I didn't use it, but I came across someone who needed it and I gave it away, you know? So it's once you've been out there for about 75 minutes, um, depending on the workout, I always tell people to keep something on them. If you know you're doing a 90 minute run up to two hours, that first 45 minutes, go ahead, take a gel, take a waffle, take something with carbs. Carbs yeah. need to be ingested. And those are great. I also recommend some people don't want to have the gels or the waffles. Uh, dried fruit is also great. So I love the mm. dried little packets of raisins. They're already ready to go. Especially <laughs> if you're talking like this, that 75 minute mark where you might not need it. That little, not the little baby ones, but the medium-sized pack of raisins, chuck that in there. Yeah. They're, they're cheap. They're delicious. 
And uh, if you are counting your calories or macros, you don't have to worry about it because they're already on the package, but that's just dried grapes. So yeah, that raisins, what that was my marathon nutrition whenever I was mm-hmm. in training. The only thing with the raisins is they're so small. Sometimes you accidentally inhale them. So you got to be careful because they're a choking. <laughs> Chew up. But yeah. Um, highly recommend those raisins. <laughs> raisins are great. I like also dried apricots, but I wouldn't okay. just make sure not to do dried plums because those are prunes. And yes. Yeah. Let's not do that. To what about? What do you say? What about dates? I think they're going to do a similar thing to the than to the prunes. I mean, okay. I think you'd probably just like with you'd probably be fine with one or two. I just would if you're going to also dates are very calorie dense and very sugar dense. I would do a mixture of a couple different things if you can. And if you're traveling, even if you're hiking once a month or you're you know doing a long distance something once a month, you dried fruit lasts a long time. You can get a variety, you know, pack or go to wherever does bulk bins and get a bunch of different kinds. And that way you're getting a bunch of different nutrients too, because all the different colors of fruits, they all have their own nutrients to give us. So having a little rainbow and then you get to pick what you want to eat. <laughs> That's true. Well, this has been a really great conversation. I hope that we were able to help with some ideas for fueling for your hike or other endurance event. And thank you for being with us. Yeah, absolutely. I I really appreciate you asking me on. I hope someone gained some knowledge and um, yeah, that would be great. Oh, and one last question. Where, I I probably should have asked you this before, but where can people find you if they want to, you know, connect or chat? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. You can send me a direct message. my name or my handle. Is that what the kids are saying? I don't remember. Yep. Um, okay. <laughs> it's uh, Jody, J-O-D-I-E, K-A-Y underscore 61. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. I think that handle, I'm totally speaking out, out of um, no actual experience, but I'm guessing it comes from like when you had like CV radios and things. I think people used to have call signs and handles. I'm probably okay. totally wrong. It sounded really good, though. Okay, should just be confident. My dad always says fake facts uh, very confidently, and sometimes they turn out to be correct. So, If you liked this episode, please follow and rate the podcast and share it with a friend. It really means a world of difference for this small podcast to get discovered and help more people. And thank you so much for joining us today. 